Ruby Rider. Welcome to Pegging Paradise Podcast number 295. Changing the world one ass at a time. <laughs> I'm going to skip all the intro stuff because we've got a bunch of stuff to cover today. Uh, first of all, it's Movember. Yes, you who have been with me for some time certainly recall that this is my fundraiser month for the amazing foundation Movember. Movember is all about men's health. I mean, let me tell you some of the stuff these people do. They continue to completely blow me away. They are interested in improving men's health in terms of men taking better care of their health, which research has shown they don't do as well as women take care of their health. So men's health, men's mental health, they started off as a foundation trying to raise awareness about testicular cancer and prostate cancer, but also they've expanded into countering the harmful ideas about what it means to be a man and masculinity. They are working hard to teach men how to find a healthier definition of masculinity that doesn't always include suppression of emotions and competition and the isolation that that creates. They fund programs that teach men to connect, talk about feelings, take care of their health, and also to ask for help when they need it. They also have on their website uh, information about how to look out for one another, the warning signs of a friend in trouble who needs help and how to reach out and offer that. Because 75% of suicides are men still, and that really, really needs to change. And they've got some new stuff on their website. They have an interactive section for dads to learn about parenting. It's designed by experts with research to back it up and all that. And it's kind of like a game type of thing. It's called Family Man. And it's animated and you get to choose things and they tell you whether you made the right choice or not. <laughs> it's really cool. I suggest you check it out if it interests you at all because I had fun kind of playing around with it for a bit. So all of this stuff on their website really helps men live longer, happier, and healthier lives. You can find all kinds of personal stories from men in written, video, and audio about all of these different areas, struggling with their idea of masculinity, struggling with prostate cancer, testicular cancer, all kinds of different things. And one of their new areas is also, I've spoken about this just a little while ago, it's called True North, and it's completely funded by Movember, and it is to help men navigate prostate cancer, all the way from all kinds of articles about prostate cancer, discussing the different types of treatment, to navigating your life afterwards, navigating your relationship, your uh, identity, your sense of masculinity, your intimacy with your partner. There's so much good information there. I'm really, really happy about that. Partly because I've had a bunch of people over the years come to me and ask about what pegging is like or is pegging possible after a prostatectomy, after having prostate cancer and having their prostate removed. And I've talked about that several times in several podcasts already. I'm bringing it up again mainly because this is all about the Movember thing this month and I want to give a big push to that and ask all of you who are able to donate to this foundation. But I'm excited about it partly because I have been asked about that before and I really didn't have very many resources and now I have a place to send people to which is way cool. Um, 
so that new area of Movember that I'm really excited about, they don't just, I mean, they have excellent resources, including community support and all kinds of stuff. So go check it out. If that is something that applies to you, your life, the people in your life, that kind of thing. I'm also going to link again to that interview that Cam Frazier did with Mish Middleman. Uh, he, Mish speaks so eloquently and openly about his journey from his diagnosis of prostate cancer through his same things we've been talking about, his definition of masculinity, his um, rebuilding his intimacy, the things he discovered about intimacy and sexuality that were so different than the ways that he thought about it before he had the prostate cancer, so, so much. Part of what I loved in this interview was the way he described uh, finding sex again and talking about it as if it's this beautiful, relaxed, pleasure-seeking, non-goal-driven type of play that I think, I believe, all couples can benefit from, not just men who have had prostate cancer and are unable to get an erection. Absolutely. It's like seeking the pleasure and reveling in it and not having this goal-driven definition of what sex is all about, because there's truly, truly so much more. When I explored Cam Frazier's website, I found some podcasts that he linked to that I'm going to tell you guys about. Now, please keep in mind that I have not listened to all the podcasts and all these ones I'm recommending. These are just possibilities to listen to because for me, when I'm having a tough time, it's really nice to listen to someone who talks about similarly having a tough time, what they figured out, the the lessons they learned, how they coped with it, partly because it helps me feel not alone, but also partly because it helps me learn. And I always get new things from listening to podcasts of this sort, so to speak. So here are my offerings for you. I have one called The Conscious Locker Room by a man named Tully O'Connor. There's only 19 episodes and it ends in March of 2020, which kind of speaks for itself because that's when the pandemic happened. But this is his description. The intention with this podcast is to have meaningful conversations with inspiring men and then share those conversations with you guys. This podcast is for you if you're committed to exploring your potential in all areas of life. Topics I cover include health and vitality, relationships, leadership, pursuing meaningful work and expanding emotional intelligence. I work as a leadership and relationship coach and facilitator and specialize in helping people expand their emotional intelligence so they can live more fulfilling and expansive lives. The next podcast I have to tell you about is Open Up with, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this first name. It's L-A-C-H-I-E, Lakey, Lachey, Lachey. Hold on and let me look up that pronunciation. <laughs> Okay, so Google is your friend. Google is always your friend when you're not sure how to pronounce things. This is pronounced Lockkey. Lockkey Samuel did 251 episodes, so there's a lot to listen to there. And this is how he describes his podcast. I'm on a personal journey, back to my heart. And a big part of that journey is connecting with like-minded souls who have faced off with themselves and have turned those lessons into a way to empower others. Lots of material there. And one more. This is called The Man Rules with Dan Griffin. And the subtitle on that is Don't Let the Rules Rule You. <laughs> and his definition or his explanation here about what it's about is it explores what it means to be a man in the 21st century and how men can develop conscious masculinity. 
So I think all of those are going to have so much stuff to listen to should you crave something like that. Oh, and here's one more. This is The Love Drive by Sean Galanos. It's a podcast, and this is how he describes this podcast. A podcast to help you learn communication and intimacy skills for better relationships and more love. Listen to short pep talks with your love coach and host, Sean Galanos, or longer form interviews with thought leaders, therapists, and healers. If you want to deepen your capacity for love, you're at the right place. So that is a lovely collection of podcasts to keep you busy at the gym or on your walks or on your drives, should you be interested in those. And what this leads into and really kind of overlaps with is Soft Cock Week. Yes, 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 Soft Cock Week. (laughs) My friend Michelle Renee who probably most of you who have listened to this podcast for a while recognize from the gangbang <laughs> interview. Yes, that was her. <laughs> she's an amazing person and she is, she coined this phrase, she's a human connection coach. She has so many skills, it just blows my mind. So she does surrogacy work, sexual surrogacy work. And she has had so many guys coming to her and saying, my cock doesn't work, fix my cock, you know, fix my penis, whatever they call it. And she's just so tired of that. It's like soft cocks are okay. And that we need to normalize and even celebrate soft cocks. So she joked about it for some time about, I think I'm just going to do like soft cock appreciation month or something. Well, she chose a week and she chose it in the middle of November because there are a fair amount of overlap things here in men's mental health and men's health period and prostate cancer stuff and all kinds of things that overlap with the concept of a soft cock. So she thought she'd kind of combine the two together. She and I got together and I put up a page as an event for Soft Cock Appreciation Week. (laughs) I had to write them and ask them if I could use that word. (laughs) And when they wrote back, they didn't use that word. When they responded, they said, yes, you can use that word if you make the event private. (laughs) So the link will take you there. And any donation that you make towards Soft Cock Appreciation Week gets credited to the Ruby Rider, you know, fundraiser thing. And and don't worry about that at all. Just uh, if you can, please donate. She is also selling merch there, which is way cool. And some of the merch will help, well, any of the merch that she sells will help cover the costs of the website and the hosting and things like that, because this has garnered some attention. Um, Dan Savage will be interviewing her, let's see, tomorrow, I believe. And he, it caught the attention of Dan Savage in terms of Soft Cock Appreciation Week. So apparently he's going to interview her. That will be on the Dan Savage podcast, which is way exciting because that's a huge syndicated podcast. So it's likely to get tons of attention. So over at Soft Cock Appreciation Week, what the hell's going on? There's all kinds of things going on. There is a soft opening (laughs) on the 13th because the week is from the 13th to the 19th, okay? And there are other people who have donated previous episodes that they've recorded before, whether they're podcasts or video casts about 
the lack of an erection, soft cocks, playing with them, doing things with them, all kinds of different perspectives. And I have contributed mine. You will get to hear it because that's what's at the end of this podcast, okay? I've tagged it on to the end so you don't have to go to Soft Cock Appreciation Week to find that. And by the way, the website is softcockweek.com. So there's all kinds of stuff there that's happening. And there's also a soft cocktail mixer (laughs) at the end of the week that I will definitely be attending. I'm not going to be able to attend the opening or some of the stuff in the middle because I'm actually going to be on a cruise with my sister. (laughs) So the timing is not ideal, but at the same time, I'm very excited about this particular subject. Partly because I deal with it within the pegging world because of how prostate stimulation kind of short circuits the ability to have an erection. So I deal with people's concerns about it. And because I deal with people's concerns about it and teach them that this is perfectly normal and no, it's not broken. And yes, he's still having a good time and blah, blah, blah. That expanded outwards. And I realized just exactly how much pressure is put on cock owners to have an erection all the time and how centered erections are to sex period, how the default is always PIV. So I talk about that on this thing I recorded for Soft Cock Week, which is at the end of this podcast. And I don't want to repeat a bunch of stuff, but that is the gist of it. And I, it's going to be an annual thing. Absolutely. So this is the first one and it's totally exciting. Oh, and there's also something that should be very interesting for some of you. There is, let's see, let me get this guy's name. Joseph Kramer's Soft Cock Erotic Massage Masterpiece. And there's a quote here that says, the best soft cock massage ever filmed, as well as Annie Sprinkle's Soft Cock Manifesto. Both of those are being offered free for the month of November. These are things that are usually charged for. And there is a link to click more and go check that out, these videos. So there's a bunch of stuff here, you guys. And I encourage you to cruise around, take a look, and enjoy it. Um, Soft cocks rock. They absolutely do. So without further ado, I am going to uh, let the recording play that I made for Soft Cock Week. And as a quick reminder, I will put the link to donate to my Movember fundraiser everywhere. going to put it up on my website. I'll put it in the show notes in several places, whether it's the fundraiser week event, soft cock appreciation week, or just my regular Mo space. And by the way, those of you who have participated before, thank you so much. Before, when I kicked over that thousand dollars twice now, I have taken pictures of my breasts. <laughs> and put them online. And that is what kicked me over the $1,000. I'm totally willing to do that again, you guys, if we can reach $1,000, okay? I will decorate them differently and make new pictures and do all kinds of things. (laughs) They're the only naked pictures of Ruby Ryder on the internet. (laughs) I just want you to know that. Um, But (laughs) the Mo part, okay, the Movember. So if you are a mustache growing kind of person, that's the whole thing that starts the the conversation is growing a mustache and somebody saying, hey, what the heck, you're growing a mustache, that's new. And then you tell them why you're doing it. But if you don't grow mustaches, there's a bunch of other ways to raise money. And how I always choose to raise it is a physical challenge. 
what am I going to do at the gym, right? So I have committed to 30 workouts defined as five different types of weightlifting, three sets of eight to 12 repetitions a piece. That counts as one workout. So if I go to the gym and I do 10 different ones, that actually counts as two workouts, okay? And one mile a day. So 30 miles and 30 workouts, right? And I'm keeping up pretty good, you guys. Well, I got an early start. Historically, I have begun doing my workout challenge as soon as somebody sends the first donation. And bless your heart, Matt, <laughs> you you made a very generous donation on the 26th of last month. Yes, so I, I got to have a bit of an early start. So yes, that's what's happening in my workout world. And you better believe I'm going to keep the workouts going on the cruise ship. They have really nice gyms, you guys. They really do. So my habit, historically, when I go on cruises, which I've enjoyed quite a few of them, the prices went down so far because of the pandemic. They were trying to rebuild confidence in the industry. So yes, I've been on one, two, three. This will be my fourth one since things calmed down after the uh, after they started, re they resumed having cruises after the pandemic calmed down a bit, I guess is the best way to phrase it. So yes, the way that I deal with cruises is you get up every single morning and you work out really hard and that justifies the drinking and the eating, right? And then the dancing is part of it too, because that's more physical exercise. But yes, I really look forward to it. It is a seven night cruise down to the Mexican Riviera, which includes Mazatlan, Cabo San Lucas, and Puerto Vallarta. So that's going to be nice. I will be back on the 18th, and then on the 19th, I will indeed be participating in the soft cocktail mixer, <laughs> okay? So if you decide to do that, these things are free. So they're all free. There's nothing that costs any money beyond if you decide to get merch or if you donate to Movember, that's it. So, but you do have to register. So there's links for all of that stuff. And once again, I urge you to give as generously as possible to the Movember Foundation. They do so much good work for men. And I just love you men. I really, really do. I, I just love you. <laughs> there's, there's no other way to put it. You're the best. So here is the recording for Soft Cock Appreciation Week. Hi, I'm Ruby Ryder, sex educator, blogger, podcaster, sex worker, and wild woman. I am thrilled to be invited by Michelle Renee, one of my very favorite people, to contribute to Soft Cock Appreciation Week. This is such a brilliant idea, oh my gosh, and one that is so long overdue. So I'm going to talk about soft cocks as viewed through the lens of a pegging sex educator, because that's my jam, right? That's my niche in sex education. But I'm also going to share about my own journey and memories that I have about soft cocks throughout my life <laughs> and how my thoughts about them have changed dramatically in my life's journey, goodness. So to begin with, my first encounters with cocks were not from a place of any knowledge or awareness. And this is really common amongst youth in a country as abysmal at sex education as the United States, where if there is any sex education besides abstinence only, the focus is usually solely not on contracting any sexually transmitted infections 
and preventing pregnancy. Pretty much that's it. There's really no discussion of pleasure. Heaven forbid we should know that it's pleasurable, right? (laughs) And unfortunately, I was given no information by my parents either. So armed with no knowledge at all, (laughs) I set about exploring my sexuality. And I definitely had an interest in cocks. I totally wanted to experiment with them and find out how they worked and what delights they offered because, hey, that's a part I don't have. So it's interesting and exciting, right? Occasionally, in my experimentations and in my adventures, I would encounter a partner who had trouble getting an erection. And I'm really sorry to say that, you know what? I totally judged them from my place of the uninformed ignorance of youth. Absolutely. I really didn't have a clue. And while I never said mean things or shamed or intentionally embarrassed a partner who couldn't get erect, I also kind of didn't want to have sex with them again Intended to view them as somehow less than because their cock didn't really live up to my expectations and didn't work as well as I thought it should, I guess is the best way to explain it. So that's really embarrassing to admit, but it's very real. And the reason I talk about it is because, unfortunately, I believe it is all too common. So if Soft Cock Appreciation Week simply opens a few more vagina owners' minds to normalizing soft cocks, then this event will have been a tremendous success because this is so, so very needed. So as I got older and I learned more about my sexuality, I discovered one thing about cocks. I discovered I'm a cock lover. I've always enjoyed playing with them, whether they're soft or hard. And cocks are like the best toy in the world. I like the way they look, and I really don't understand those who think cocks are ugly. There's definitely people out there who say that, and I just kind of don't get it. My opinion is that they're beautiful, and actually more than that, that they're kind of magical because their ability to change and get hard just fascinates me, especially you growers, right? There's growers and showers, so the growers, it just blows my mind how it can be Uh, one size and then be like four times as big. It blows my mind every time. (laughs) So another thing that I remember when I was thinking back to my memories having to do with cocks is I remember a a conversation I had with a girlfriend. She came to me and asked me, so what does one do with a soft, unlubed cock besides sucking it? I mean, with your hands, what do you do with it, right? How do you play with it? Handle it? And goodness, there are so many options. We had a good time talking about it. I told her, you can grab it, you can squeeze it, you can do feather-light caresses, you can tease it, pull it, stretch it. You can even smack it around a little if that's something that your partner enjoys. But the interesting thing that I recall is that the goal inherent in her question was clearly to get it hard. And I thought about that as we talked. Sure, when they're hard, they're fun, but playing with a cock without the expectation or hope of an eventual erection didn't really seem to occur to her. And I thought differently than my my um, embarrassing beginnings at that point in time. I just thought that all cocks were really pretty fun, whether they got hard or not. And yes, that expectation of the eventual erection really was something that was front and center. I mean, it must get hard and 
what she was really asking is she wanted to learn to do the right thing to get it hard. So I want to talk about that for a little bit because there is a tremendous pressure created by constant expectations of an erection. And if you're the owner of the cock and that cock wants to stay soft and you would really like it to not stay soft and get hard, it's not a comfortable situation. Mostly because that insistence and expectation of an erection that is so common. And here's the thing. First of all, the majority of vagina owners, in my opinion, have a hard time imagining what it would be like to have a part of you that often has a mind of its own, and that part has to function, it has to do something, it has to get hard in order to have PIV sex, which is what most people default to. Now, while enjoyable vaginal penetration might require arousal for lubrication, there's really no part of us that has to function for sex to happen. And then there's other stuff that happens too. That's when things can get really sticky. And I don't mean in a good, juicy, sexy way. I mean that things can get complicated because meanings get attached to that soft cock. What does a soft cock mean? I see posts about this on Reddit. You know, I'm very young people on there. He was with my boyfriend and he couldn't get hard. What does it mean? Oh my gosh. Incorrect and ill-conceived meanings are all too often attached to the lack of an erection. And in my mind, this happens more with younger vagina owners because they're probably still suffering from that lack of pleasure-based sex education. And they also lack the experience that eventually informs them about how all this works. But it's really not doing anyone any favors, so I cannot emphasize this enough. And here are my thoughts about this. As a vagina owner, when you are having sex with a partner who has a soft cock that seems reluctant to become erect, this does not automatically mean your partner's not attracted to you. Your partner does not think you are beautiful, cute, or sexy. It does not mean your partner does not want to have sex with you. And it also doesn't mean that they aren't enjoying themselves. And even more importantly, it doesn't mean that you are somehow to blame for your partner's lack of an erection. And lastly, and this is really important, it does not mean you are not fill-in-the-blank enough. And I mean fill-in-the-blank in the ways that we think we are not enough. You know, I am not whatever enough. That, that tape that you play in your head sometimes when the insecurities come up when you're doing something new and having new experiences and things like that. Not to mention all of the body insecurities that are created by the advertising all around us, but that's a whole nother thing. So it doesn't mean any of those things. Often that lack of erection has nothing to do with you. There could be so many other factors. For example, maybe your partner ate something that didn't agree with them. Maybe they ate too much. Maybe they're starving or had a rough day at work. Maybe their dog died. Maybe they're feeling overwhelmed by life. Maybe they're really nervous being with you because it's the first time you've had sex together. Maybe they're worried about money or their health or their family. Maybe they take a medication that interferes with their erections, etc., etc. Do you see my point here? It often has nothing to do with you. But really, my point in going through all these is that these meanings that are attached to soft cocks are ridiculous. They really, really are. There's so many different things that could be happening. So I have a few news flashes for you who are still listening here. News flash number one, and this is so important. 
cocks can be fickle as fuck regarding erections, okay? So can we all take a collective deep breath and realize that sometimes erections happen and sometimes they don't? And that doesn't mean that there aren't other cool things to do. Newsflash number two, the intense expectant manner around erections, the expectations can often be what prevent them, okay? Put a lot of pressure on your partner to get hard and big surprise, maybe they can't get hard because it feels like too much pressure, too much expected of them. News flash number three, and this one is probably more important than any of them. You don't need a hard cock to have sex. <laughs> sex can look like so, so many different things. Oh my gosh, you've got outer course and inner course and just laying there and exploring each other's bodies and finding out the places that feel good in a relaxed, adventuresome, explorative manner. People always default to PIV and I would really suggest that they open their minds to more things, absolutely. But finishing up this little portion here that I was talking about, about what a soft cock means, I'll tell you what I think it means. It means your cock is soft, period. <laughs> so getting back to my journey, let's talk about soft cocks and pegging because that subject returned when I started exploring pegging. I was confused after one of my first pegging encounters because after pegging my partner, I wanted him to fuck me and he couldn't get hard. So at that time, I had a gay friend who's my exercise partner. And we used to take long bike rides together and we talk about everything. And when I spoke of this experience, he hesitated. And then he asked me, would you like some advice? And I said, yes. Are you kidding? Advice from a gay man about anal sex with my partner using strap-on? <laughs> Absolutely. So he explained how anal play sometimes short circuits the ability to have an erection. And that's just how it worked. So he told me if I wanted my partner to fuck me or any other activity that required a hard cock, it would probably be best if we did it first, followed by the pegging. So that was my introduction to the phenomenon of anal receptive play resulting in a lack of erection. Why does it happen? Who knows? Perhaps there's somebody out there that knows the exact physiological reason why it happens. Maybe it's about the relaxation necessary for pleasurable anal penetration. Maybe you just like concentrating on another part of your body. Maybe the blood abandons the cock and moves to the side of the new action. <laughs> I don't think anybody really knows for sure. And if somebody does, please let me know. But whatever the reason, the soft cock resulting from pegging can cause couples a lot of concern when they start doing the pegging thing. When I began to teach about this, I realized that there was a definite need to have a whole section that addressed this lack of erection thing. Some receivers were upset or confused because their cock had always worked fine and suddenly it didn't. I reassured them. I explained how it works and here's how it works. A few receivers may have erections the whole time, not very many. Most are going to have erections that come and go and some won't be able to get hard if their life depended on it. But also I reassured them nothing is broken. It's all normal, it's all temporary, and it's nothing to freak out about. And no, getting fucked in the ass did not break your cock. <laughs> and often, you know, I could add on to that and change your sexual orientation because there's a fear of that amongst many new receivers as well. So meanwhile, 
On the other side of the pegging formula, there were givers of pegging who were very concerned as well. Why? Because they were used to looking for an erection as a sign that their partner's having a good time. And when it wasn't there, the givers thought that they were doing pegging wrong. And the thing about pegging is the role reversal involved often requires a pretty steep learning curve for givers. <laughs> often they discover just how much it was required to fuck someone. And so there can be some insecurities there about this new role. It can feel awkward. It can feel unusual. And sometimes that lack of erection in their partners exacerbated their insecurities in this new role. So here's what I told them. Don't look for an erection as a sign whether you're doing it right or not or whether your partner's enjoying it because that is not a reliable indicator during pegging or any kind of prostate stimulation. And... <laughs> And let me pause just for a moment and say, you know, it's also not a reliable indicator of whether a cock owner's having a good time, no matter what kind of sex you are enjoying. But getting back to the pegging thing, I would tell the givers, if you want to know if your partner's having a good time, use your words and ask them, okay? <laughs> Another thing having to do with soft cocks that came up in my travels in the sex education pegging world were strap-ons, because strap-ons are clearly a part of pegging. So, as I began learning about strap-ons, the companies that make them for vagina owners often make one or two for cock owners as well. And I started to explore this idea a long time ago, because they've been around for quite some time. And I even suggested it as a solution for a poster on Reddit who was trying to find a way to last longer during intercourse. He and many of the people on that thread saw my suggestion as cruel and hurtful and like we were trying to replace his cock or something. So it was at that point I recognized that the idea of a cock owner using a strap-on was very touchy territory, absolutely. And when I think about why it's touchy, going back to what I said before about how there's so much insistence on having an erection, yeah, I'd be touchy about it too, absolutely. So some years passed, and then I received a letter one day from a man who described his experience using a strap-on on his girlfriend. He just wanted to see what it was like. And he said that using that strap-on on her was an epiphany because it was like the first time he'd ever fucked his girlfriend with complete and total focus. Instead of dealing with that multitasking thing that having a hard cock involves, you know, having just enough fun to stay hard, but not too much fun because things will end early. His cock wasn't a part of it. So he didn't even have to think about that. He could move as fast or slow, thrust harder, softer, whatever brought her the most pleasure. No multitasking. He waxed poetic about that experience, and I was fascinated. So I shared it on my podcast, hoping to open a few cock owners' minds to the use of a strap-on. That letter totally inspired me. And eventually, I wrote an article that had been spinning around in my head for some time, because I wanted to make the case that a strap-on presented a wealth of possibilities for cock owners whether they had a soft cock with erectile dysfunction or whether they had a soft cock that was just soft at that moment. There's a lot of different possibilities that a strap-on presents. So let me list those for you. Some of them have to do with soft cocks and some of them don't. 
you can use it to continue after you have an orgasm. You can use it with a curved or a textured toy for increased internal clitoral or prostate stimulation. And so often when you talk about a cock owner wearing a strap-on, people default to longer and wider. Hey, you know, maybe you have a cock that's really wide and your partner can only take so much fucking, so you can use a thinner one. Maybe you have a cock that's really long and your partner's kind of tired of getting their cervix hammered or their rectosigmoid junction, so you can have a shorter one. Sure, you can get one longer and wider if you want to, but the key idea here is that using a strap-on allows you to choose to give your partner a different experience. You can use a strap-on for extended play until your partner's really satisfied and then enjoy like a quick primal reins off penis and vagina with no need to last or multitask, just go for it. You can use a strap-on for dual penetration, two things in two holes. You can use it for double penetration, two things in one hole. You can use it for humiliation or chastity play. I had a friend come for the weekend, and he got to fuck me several times with different toys, and he got to come about 15 minutes before he left. (laughs) If you are someone who goes to dungeons, some of those dungeons have rules about no mouth-to-genital or genital-to-genital contact. You can use a strap-on in there if you're an exhibitionist and you want to do that. So I really encourage uh, everyone listening that soft cock or not, rather than viewing a strap-on as a crutch or a replacement, it can actually be viewed as an enhancement that can offer a multitude of new and different experiences. Okay, so now what I want to get back to is this default to PIV for sex, meaning penis and vagina. Wow, that's a thing among sex educators. We recognize that this is a a problem because there are a myriad of other ways to have sex, deeply satisfying sex. So if you have a soft cock, that doesn't change anything because you still have a myriad of choices. Sex really doesn't require orgasms. It doesn't require hard cocks. It doesn't require so many things that people think are absolutely essential. What it requires is that the parties involved are doing something together consensually and they're enjoying themselves. Imagine how the world would be different if soft cocks were completely accepted and even celebrated. If we were more allowing and accepting of a lack of erection, The pressure to have one would be gone. The embarrassment of not having one would be gone. And sex could become a more relaxed adventure of exploration without all those expectations of performance that all begin with a hard cock. So additionally by now, I hope that all of you listening know that the default to PIV offers far more satisfaction for the cock owner than the vagina owner, as only about 30% of vagina owners can actually orgasm with penetration. So PIV almost always offers an orgasm for the cock owner, and much, much, much more rarely to vagina owners. So let's stop with the PIV default, people. Okay, explore, have a good time. And when I think about this, that would just take so much pressure off of me having an orgasm too, because I give much better than I receive. I don't receive very well. It's difficult for me to have an orgasm. So I have a little bit of a sense of 
needing to perform, you know, my partner gets real focused on that goal and they really, really want me to come, it's very uncomfortable. That almost guarantees it's not going to happen. So I suspect that might be what it's like for the owner of a cock that is reluctant to get hard, that emphasis on performance, that goal-oriented stuff. If we could all just relax and explore and have fun and do what feels good as opposed to this performance PIV always resulting in an orgasm thing, oh, I think sex would be so delicious. Imagine what that could feel like. Imagine exploring each other's bodies slowly, with detail, with attention, with delight, and finding all the places that bring you pleasure when touched a certain way, and what that certain way is, and what certain ways could maybe even make it feel better. Imagine there not being any rush to get anywhere, any specific goal other than enjoying each other. I encourage you to find your own path in this regard, and maybe you'll find some new things that you really, really enjoy that fully embrace a soft cock. Now I want to talk a little bit about one more area that I have come across as a sex educator teaching about pegging. I know a lot about prostates because prostates are what bring the pleasure to the receiver of pegging. And because I know a lot about prostates, I also know that sometimes prostates have issues. Sometimes prostates need to be removed because there's prostate cancer involved. And during these 12 years of teaching, I've been asked more than a few times about receiving pegging when you don't have a prostate, when it's been removed. And I did some research to the best of my ability because, you know, let's face it, these are not things that have been studied. This is all anecdotal information. And the best I could find at the time was a specific person on the forum boards over at Aneros who kindly talked to me about his experience. And to the best of my ability, I recall he said, it is definitely still pleasurable because it's intimate. And it's a wonderful way to have sex, especially because after a prostatectomy, it is not unusual to have erectile dysfunction. And that he estimated he'd lost about, when healed completely, after healing completely, he estimated he'd lost about 40% of the sensation that he felt in his prostate before it was removed. So he still felt sensations during pegging, but not quite the same. Now, since then, I've had the fortune to be recommended an interview by the wonderful interviewer over in Australia, I believe. His name is Cam Frazier, and he was interviewing a man named Mish Middleton. And Mish had a prostatectomy and is really doing great work around his journey through that, talking all about it. That particular podcast is remarkable, and I highly recommend it. Because Mish talks about how that affected his feelings about himself, his masculinity, all these different things. And these are very important areas of discussion for those prostate owners who need to have it removed. And since then, the Movember Foundation has put up a whole new area on their website 
to help men who have had prostatectomies deal with life in general after a prostatectomy. They're doing some very good work over there, combined with all the other stuff that's happening over there. They're just doing some amazing work regarding supportive men in all kinds of areas, not just men's health, because typically men don't take care of their health as well, but testicular cancer awareness, prostate cancer awareness, um, and very trying very hard to teach men skills to avoid keeping all those emotions in, isolating, and dying early. The suicide rate for men is three times what it is for women. And the insistence of all these supposedly masculine characteristics are part of the problem. And they're doing some great work trying to counter that. But this new area for prostate owners who've had them removed because of prostate cancer is a fantastic resource for anybody who's listening who finds himself in that position. Because yes, soft cocks are very common. Erectile dysfunction is very common after a prostatectomy. So... Let me leave you with this. I invite everyone to celebrate Cox in all of their magical states. And, you know, let's celebrate all the different ways to have sex instead of constantly defaulting to PIV, too. I know at this point I sound like a bit of a broken record, but this is really, really a good point. (laughs) I dream of a world when two people come together. One of the things that they discuss before engaging intimacy is who's going to fuck whom. (laughs) And partly, clearly, that comes from my perspective of being a pegging sex educator. (laughs) But you know what? Soft cocks rock. And if you appreciate what Michelle Renee has created here, please shop the merch over at softcockweek.com and help her cover the cost of the website and hosting. And she was so gracious as to connect up with Movember. Soft Cock Appreciation Week is helping to raise money for the Movember Foundation, too. Movember is a month-long November event in which people are encouraged to grow mustaches in order to raise and grow awareness of and funding for research related to men's health issues, such as prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and mental health. Scroll down to the bottom of the homepage over at softcockweek.com and click on the mustache to donate. Thank you for listening. Enjoy Soft Cock Week. And again, remember, soft cocks rock.